just fell in love with the the vibrancy, the rawness. It just felt so real. And when I found out who the artists were, I went, what? This is fantastic. Hello, and welcome to AI Arts In, a podcast produced by Creative Pinellas. I'm your host, Barbara St. Clair, and I'm here with Kim Dorman today of Creative Clay. Welcome, Hello. Kim. Hello. Thank you, Barbara. So Creative Clay is an art center that serves people with neuro differences. Uh, we've been around since 1995, which is sometimes I think people are a little surprised by that. We've been around for so long in St. Petersburg. And in addition to our service for people with disabilities, we have a, a very beautiful gallery filled with the art created by our member artists who may have some kind of a disability. And we call our gallery the Good Folk Gallery because we feel like it fits under the folk art genre. The same kind of art may be called art brut, um, naive art, intuitive art, contemporary art even. Outsider art is another term that's sometimes used. We kind of just decided to go with folk art. It's and very vibrant. Intuitive, I like the word intuitive. I feel like the art that we have on our walls is very authentic and comes from a very centered place from within. It's not pretentious at all. Sometimes there's not even an intention to be something. It just comes out it's in it. It's an expression? It's express. Yeah, it's very expressive. And a newly created art supply thrift store, which provides an extra revenue stream. It's sort of our social entrepreneurial endeavor. We get so many donations that we wanted to be able to pass some of that love back to the community. So the model of the thrift store is pay what you can. And we get people paying anywhere from a dollar for the art supplies that they choose in the store all the way to, yeah. I've had a hundred dollars. One of the things that's, I think, important to the success of Creative Clay is that because we are an art center, we, we are entirely run by artists. The administrative team, we're all artists, whether we're writers or musicians or visual artists. The only person on our team, I think, that's not an artist is our bookkeeper, <laughs> which is fortunate, probably. <laughs> and, and we hire local artists from the community to come and act as mentors. So rather than think of it as a classroom where we're doing step-by-step. Step. It's more of an open studio where people are guiding themselves in their own creative endeavors and the professional artists are there to guide them or give them um, maybe a lesson in backgrounds or, oh, that technique, have you ever heard of the technique stippling? Let me show you how you could use stippling in the piece that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so rather than telling them, okay, step one, step two, step three, step four, it's more kind of helping them to become the artist that they're becoming and mm -hmm. by sharing skills. Something that's very important to us, a value that we have at Creative Clay is inclusion. One thing that we love is that people can come into the gallery all day long and they can they can come and meet our artists through the thrift store. They can come in the gallery and buy art or look at our retail items. It's open to the public and that idea of inclusion and connecting with the public is important. We also try to get shows out in the community. We've had a beautiful relationship with the St. Petersburg Museum of Fine Arts since July of 2013. The museum store exhibits Creative Clay's art. Audrey at the museum store will let us know what's going on and sometimes we'll create art just for that. For instance, when the Star Wars exhibit was there, we did space art and that was very popular. You can find greeting cards, paintings, ceramics, 
Florida Craft Art is another partner. We also try to partner with organizations such as CASA, for instance. One of the programs I really love is it's called Art Together, and we actually have three of our art participants and one of our professional artists will go to CASA and work with the women there doing maybe an art therapy activity, or maybe it's just an expressive art activity, and, and they work together, and our artists have the experience of volunteering their time to help these women that are in the shelter. And when you are someone with a disability, often I think you go your day-to-day, you may have to be driven places, you may need help getting your lunch, you may need help with a lot of things, and when you get the opportunity to go and give back and help someone else, I think that's really important, having that meaningful feeling of being a part of society and a contributor to society, mm-hmm. and having this identity that they have as artists, giving back in the way that they know how mm-hmm. is a beautiful thing. So we have this with Casa. We also have it with Goodwill. We go once a week to the Goodwill on Gandhi and work with their participants to do an art activity. So how does somebody become a member of the Creative Clay Artistic Community? We feel pretty lucky at this stage in our maturity as an organization that we're we're well known in the community that if someone who has a disability is looking for a creative outlet, they think of us. But we also, we try to be out there and, and do community fairs and we have a pretty great uh, social media presence. If someone wants to attend a program, there's an application process. We talk about what their goals are artistically. Uh, we've had people walk in the door and say, hey, look, I, I want to wanna be a part of this community, but I'm not really an artist. I just want to kind of be a part of the community mm-hmm. and I might want to do a painting or two, but you know, I'm not going to, I'm not interested in a full-time thing. So we'll accommodate depending on what their artistic goals are and find the right program. Art is such a connector. Art is such a, a beautiful way to communicate when you may not have the ability to communicate. They started out working with clay, serving three clients at the time. And as they started to realize, wow, this is this is really powerful. This is the, the, talk about a meaningful day. And how did you get involved? It was purely by accident. I was driving down the road and I saw Creative Clay down Central when we were on Central. And I said, that's that's a, a cool little window front. I'm going to pop in there. And I walked in and I remember the first piece of art that just blew my hair back. I was just like, wow, was a piece by Michael R. And it was words painted with paint marker on a very just juicy background of texture and all of these words were just like Peter Frampton, 105.5 Dove, Elliot Gallery, all these things around Great Explorations is one of those, all these things that were connected by the place that we live in it just hit me. It was like, this is, what is this? Where am I? You know? And then I started looking around the gallery and I literally just fell in love with the, the vibrancy, the rawness. It just felt so real. And when I found out who the artists were, I went, what? This is fantastic. I said, can I meet any of the artists? Can I meet them? Of course. I said, I want to meet this Michael, you know? (laughs) And I met him and A year later, I was somehow ended up in an administrative role after teaching for about a year. Teaching at Creative Yeah, I started teaching there and then joined up for this program called ArtLink. 
which pairs a professional artist with one of the artists at Creative Clay. And I picked, of course, Michael as my Artlink partner because I just still to this day love, love, love his stuff. And we worked together for close to a year for about four hours a week making art about bottles. Bottles was kind of the thing he was really into at the time. And breaking bottles. He liked the sound of the breaking bottle. So one of the people that worked there at the time at Creative Clay said, you know, you can take bottle, you can give Mike a bottle and go out back in the garbage can and throw it in the garbage can. And he can hear that sound. He loves it. I was like, that sounds a little dangerous, but all right. You know, we went out and every day we would break one bottle and he would just be tickled. He would just laugh, laugh, laugh at the sound. So I was like, well, maybe we should make a bottle breaker, like a safe bottle breaker. So that was part of our project. We built this plexiglass bottle breaker with a big piece of cement at the bottom of it. And the idea was that people would come to the opening exhibit, they would buy a bottle of beer, and they would break their bottle in our bottle maker. Well, we failed to consider a very important part of what happens when you break a beer bottle that hasn't been rinsed out. So we ended up having to get rid of the whole bottle breaker because at the end of the exhibit, it smelled horrible. <laughs> but it was really fun. And that gets to the whole idea of process over product sometimes and how much fun we had making that and creating art together that we weren't necessarily concerned about product. I mean, we knew we had to come up with some product, but it was sometimes just about the process. And they're active too. I bet people loved breaking their bottles. Yeah, yeah. It was something else. So you're a visual artist? Yes. And you were a teacher, and some you, you sort of said some magically you became an administrator. So was there a, a stepping well, stone into that? It was, there were stepping stones, but they were slippery, and I don't know how, I mean, one day one of the program managers was leaving, and the director came and said, what, what do you think about stepping into this role? And I said, sure. And that led to more responsibility in the administrative realm and less teaching. And now I'm hardly teaching at all, which I miss, but someone has to do the admin stuff, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> we have now a 5,000 square foot building that we lease. It is right at the intersection of First Avenue South and 19th Street. We're starting to see a lot of activity pop up around us and that's exciting. The walkability of the area that we're in is starting to change. People won't walk if they have one thing on one block and the other thing three blocks down. But if you've got something on this block, something on this block, something, and we feel like it really is right before our eyes blossoming and and that's fun to see and part of that blossoming probably comes from the fact that you guys are there i hope so you are clearly in love with what you do and excited and it's it's almost like it's fresh and new as you're thinking about it even though you've been there quite some time. I started in the summer of 2007. Okay, so that's over 10 years now, right? Yeah. And yet you have that, you know, let's have a party, let's have a show uh, sort of enthusiasm. I do love creative clay. I do love it. I, I make it a point every day to get up out of my desk and from behind the computer and from behind budgets and all of that necessary work that has to be done and walk around the studio and talk to the artists. I find that absolutely rejuvenating and necessary for me. 
to continue doing things like budgets. <laughs> I love that part of the work and being able to see the joy on payday when I get to be the one selfishly to hand out the checks. <laughs> for the artists, for, mm -hmm, the, for the artists, yeah. They, they celebrate each other and their achievements. I think all of us at Creative Clay do connect that way. Being that we're all artists, I think we all feel that it's important to stay connected to the people making the art that we love. If you've been to Creative Clay, it's quite joyful. There's sometimes two musics competing in two different studios, and when you come into Creative Clay, you're gonna hear lots of music and laughing. You have a community of teaching artists, mm -hmm. and some of them, or many of them, possibly all of them, are award-winning, very Absolutely. highly recognized artists. Yeah, we have a lot of wonderful, wonderful teaching artists, all very talented, extraordinary people. I think Kaylin Ree said it once best, that she hopes that they get as much out of her working with them as she gets out of working working with them. She, she says when she goes back to her studio at night, the inspiration she gets from her day of working with the artists at Creative Clay, it comes back into her studio. It's powerful like that. And I felt that way when I was teaching as well. When I would go to my studio at night, I would sometimes be thinking of something that happened or a conversation I had. And it is very inspiring. It's, it's real life. The, the art, the teaching arts, some of the teaching artists that we've had have been there as long as I have, a decade. And they stay because they love the work. They love the connections they are making. And probably mo a majority of the people that come to work at Creative Clay find it through word of mouth. And you, and you have painters and sculptors and you have musicians. Yes, and... theater. We have a lot of artists that attend Creative Clay that just love theater. We are open Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. And then every second Saturday, Art Walk, and we always have live music. So that's a fun time to come. If you want to meet, you want to be sure to meet some of our artists, I would come between the hours of 10 a.m. And, and 1 p.m. That's mm -hmm. like the prime time. And for the most part, most of the artists that are working at Creative Clay absolutely love to have visitors, to talk about their art. One of the ways that, that I love that we accomplish the idea of inclusion is through a festival that we do called Creative Clay Fest. Most years we have between 40 and 60 artists from the region. And what's amazing about it is, okay, one of the artists who comes every year is a pretty famous folk artist named Missionary Mary Proctor. And Mary Proctor has been a part, the, the event used to be called Folk Fest St. Pete. Mm -hmm. Mary Proctor's come every single year. Mary Proctor's work can be seen in the Baltimore Museum of Visionary Art. Visionary Art is another name attached to the folk art umbrella. Missionary Mary is also in the Smithsonian Institute's permanent collection, the Museum of Fine Arts, St. Petersburg Museum of Fine Arts permanent collection. And when she exhibits her folk art at our Creative Clay Fest alongside our artists, mm. There is a beautiful thing that happens that doesn't happen to our artists anywhere else very often, and that is complete equality, complete acceptance, and they are artists selling their work next to other artists. That's what I love about Creative Clay Fest, because even though we have a, a full lineup of wonderful local music and all these artists, the real magic about that festival for me is watching the pure equality and connection that's happening. And even if that event, even though it's our one of our major fundraisers, if that event made no money, I would still want to have it for that reason wow. only. 
It's the second weekend in November. Fantastic. I, I love, love that, that we can have a fundraising event that's so totally mission-driven. Mm-hmm. It's so mission-driven that it, it makes the hair stand up on my neck. I love it. Well, Kim Dorman, thank you very, very much. I thank really you, enjoyed this conversation. I've been talking to Kim Dorman, Executive Director of Creative Clay, which is a wonderful organization in Pinellas County in the city of St. Petersburg. I'm Barbara St. Clair, and you've been listening to Arts In, the Creative Pinellas podcast. Sponsored in part by the Pinellas County Board of County Commissioners, visit St. Petersburg Clearwater and the State of Florida Department of Cultural Affairs. Arts In is produced by Matt and Sheila Cowley. And if you're enjoying this program, we hope you'll take a moment to give us a review. It's easy to subscribe to on your favorite podcast service. You can find more conversations with visual, literary, and performing artists and in-depth arts journalism at creativepinellas.org. Thank you for listening.